You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brad Nickinson from the Cheap Seats. Two guys who knew more about sports than all those guys who used to work at ESPN. Welcome to From the Cheap Seats, everybody. I'm Chris DeLambert, angry Brandon Atkins, and Professor Trent Nichols here hanging out. B.A., you seem to be having a spot of bava this morning. You all right, man? <laughs> yeah, I'll be all right. All I'm right. coming around. Um, been one of those days that just started off on the wrong foot, but I'm looking within myself. I'm going to correct and change some things, and I'll be all right. You're going to modify that behavior, right? Yeah, I'm trying to adjust my own, you know, behavior, looking again to myself, soul search. (laughs) Today is not lost. I'm going to turn it around. Shaking off the sillies. That's right. I'm shaking off the anger. (laughs) Trent, what's going on, buddy? Oh, you know, living the dream, living the dream. All right. So no matter how bad Brandon's day has started, can't be as bad as Jerry Jones. Hmm. And we didn't mean to open with the show last week about Jerry Jones and didn't really mean to do it 30 seconds ago when I just invoked that name. But here's what I want to say. This guy went into the Hall of Fame last week, right? Yep. And came out on the side of his player. The guy's not guilty. He's a good kid. And here we go. Roger Goodell drops the hammer. And Jerry Jones now, with all of the mitigating factors and, and all of the evidence against him, Jerry's kind of looking dumb in this situation, isn't he? You know who he's blaming it on, right? Who? Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> His fault. It, it's got to be some sort of way. No, I think what I saw him do is try to go over the top, kind of like Kraft did in the the Brady situation. These guys are the two power, most powerful owners in the league. And I felt like he oversold that his guy hadn't done anything. Well, and there's part of me that that respects that. But then within the same calendar month, what happened to Lucky Whitehead? You know, I don't know. He's okay. gone. He gets bounced for shoplifting. Oh, yeah. And then, oh, my bad, it wasn't him. So, you know, Jerry came off the top rope for Zeke because Zeke is a, a superstar. Lucky Whitehead, you're a bottom-of-the-roster guy. We're going to make a point. We're going to show you how upstanding and awesome we are as a franchise. Well, that's what the whole league's doing. You know, if you're talented, you could essentially get away with murder. We've seen that over the years, right? Right. So, if you're Colin Kaepernick, you can't do the things that apparently Michael Bennett, not to change the subject. No, Michael Bennett and Marshawn Lynch this weekend. I, I get you. So, it's all about your talent level. Um First of all, I can never go to go to bat for anybody who wears like a midriff at the draft. I don't care how many yards he runs for his career. I just can't get down with that. I, I'm not sure that doesn't have anything to do with the suspension. I'm just not. That's a faux pas to end all faux pas. I, I can't get down with it either. I'm sorry. I mean, but, but I say that. Of course, if I had abs like Zeke. I would probably rock a tube top on a daily basis. Or Ronaldo. Ronaldo abs? Oof. Lord have mercy. Where'd you see you him just take come his... up with that, dude? Ronaldo. He went, he hit Kinda that. out of nowhere. Well, he, this, you know, hit, he shot the game winner, took his shirt off. After he got, hit the game winner, got thrown out of the match, <laughs> took his shirt off, and I was like, Listen, I'm straight. I'm straight <laughs> hetero up in here, okay? 
I was like, dang. That's it made me want to do laundry, to be honest <laughs> with you. I was ready. Who's got better hair, right? Than Ronaldo? Ronaldo. Oh, Good. my gosh. Man. Well, first of all, I think we need to make sure that everybody here in this assembled mass is clear. First of all, we're an American sports talk show. Sure. So we should probably get off the whole fashion abs thing and not talk about European soccer. I don't know. Okay. But Ronaldo's abs, though. <laughs> Dude. Boom. That's ridiculous. I mean, that's – man. Anyway. Now, next level. You're talking about next level physiques. What are the odds on Calvin Johnson playing football in the National Football League in 2017? The whispers are starting. He's been gone for a year. So We missed him like that. Let's recap that. Detroit said they'd let him go? Detroit doesn't have any choice. Okay. Detroit's got $7 million in cap space if if Calvin Johnson's contract comes back on the books at $16 million. They would have to clear $9 million immediately and do it. There really isn't a, a good answer for Detroit. So Detroit is most likely going to have to renounce his rights and allow him to enter free agency. Where they're going to get $9 million to come off the books at a moment's notice, I don't know. So, you know, where's the landing spot? He's He's been hanging around Philly, Miami. New England's always going to be a player in a situation like this because the salary cap doesn't apply to them. Oh, God, so. please don't let Calvin go to the Patriots. <laughs> please. Right? Would, please. That, that, would they be the Golden State Warriors of the NFL at that point? Just please. My day's been bad enough. Calvin, <laughs> please do not go to the Patriots. I'm begging you. Look, I'm trying to turn things around, Calvin. I got you. And, and honestly, though, at their position, I think you've got Tom Brady at the quarterback position that's head and shoulders above everybody. Outside of that, I don't know that there's a single guy at a single position in the NFL who is that dominant that he's in a class like Calvin Johnson was for a four, five, six-year period. And, yeah, he's been away from the game for a year, but he's Megatron, yo. Sure. I yeah. mean, he's Megatron, and he's only 32 years old. And, I look, with, with regard to Calvin Johnson, I want to know who recruited this guy to Georgia Tech. Right. That's the best recruiting job in the history of football. Hey, man, you're a superior athlete, probably the best receiver in the country. You've got the potential to be a number one pick. We want you to come to Georgia Tech <laughs> and run down the field as a decoy okay. 40 times a game and run block. Yeah, so, coach, sign me up. Correct How me did if that I, happen? Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Demarius Thomas also yes. go to Georgia Tech? Yeah. Somebody needs to find who's getting that done. Right. And send them to Chapel I'm not Hill. saying there's some sacks of money rolling around, but there's some sacks of money flying around. They got I mean, that's the greatest recruiting I ever. They're just a wide receiver producing machine, whoever that guy is. Yeah, right. It's unbelievable. So, so we started talking about Jerry Jones and Zeke Elliott, and then I brought out Ronaldo's abs, and then we went into a totally different direction. I was trying to get away from Ronaldo's abs as quickly as possible. Dude. But, I was starting to question things about myself. I, yeah, I had to get away from that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that to you. Um, but what's the difference? Zeke being gone. Okay, first of all, I drafted Zeke in my fantasy league last year with a second pick overall in the draft. I saw it coming. But how much is it really going to affect what Dallas 
does ultimately for the season. Like he'll be out for six games. Well, I'll we, answer that with a question. What do you think it does? Well, we were kind of talking off air, and I think we're going to talk about it a little bit more here. Here's some tape here, but I think the difference is is McFadden will peel off a 25 yard run. Zeke turns that 25 yards into a 60, 70, 80 yard run. That's the difference. But then you still have that offensive line that, heck, me and Trent could play, you know, pitch it back and forth in front of that offensive line. It's Look, pretty the Dallas incredible. offensive line still is the Dallas offensive line. You know, they've put together a great unit there. They will open up holes. But Dallas was a flawed team before Zeke. They will be a flawed team without Zeke. Dallas fan, you can spin it any kind of way you want. It's still Darren McFadden, who's probably going to be hurt two quarters into this six-game stretch. And then you run into Alfred Morris. You got Morris. Alfred Morris, who was good five years ago. Yeah. And, and I'm not taking a dig at either one of these guys, but they are very ordinary backs in the NFL. They're not starters, or they would be starters on somebody else's roster at this point. Dak Prescott has the opportunity – to answer a lot of questions and punch a lot of critics right in the face. Me personally, I watched Dak Prescott play. I watched him play at Mississippi State for years and was particularly close to that program. Dak Prescott is a superior athlete. I don't know that with what defenses are going to throw at him this year if he is going to be a superior quarterback in the National Football League. That's my take on it. When you look at guys like Cam Newton, Dak Prescott is a, a tiny notch below Cam Newton in terms of athleticism. Mm. Mm. I don't know. Please. What, what's the tale of the tape? Cam Newton makes people look, like, small. Uh, what's the tale of the tape? How big is Dak compared? Physically, I don't think – Dak can do anything anywhere close to what Cam Newton can do. Then what is it that made Dak successful last year? Because it's not his ability to stand in the pocket, read defenses, and play traditional drop-back quarterback. He had he had Zeke. He's still got a Des Bryant. He's got that offensive line. I mean – Somebody's got to make it go. Well, okay. So you don't have Zeke. Obviously, I agree. You're going to have to re- rely on Dak a heck of a lot more. Brings back – Calvin Johnson, you know. So Calvin Johnson, the Cowboys. They're they're talking about the Cowboys. The Cowboys (laughs) are talking about trying to get Calvin Johnson. That helps out Dak a little bit. Let's not get into fantasy land. I want to know, Dak Prescott, is Dak Prescott going to rise to this challenge or is he going to get exposed as a guy that had a really nice rookie year playing with a lot of weapons on a nice team playing a garbage schedule? Well, I'm in because the that's the other part that's left out of this entire thing right. is the fact that they took Zach Prescott at the at the top of the draft because they sucked. They were coming off that – I don't know off the top of my head whether it was a third or a fourth place schedule. But I want to see Dak Prescott week in and week out. You know, he turned a corner in the playoffs with Green Bay and put Dallas in a chance – you know, in, an, in a position to win. He just got Aaron rodgers <laughs> so I don't know what happened with Dak, man. That's the question. You guys are talking about Calvin Johnson. Come on, man. Dak Prescott, yes or no? Is he gonna 
Is this guy – will this guy be in the Pro Bowl this year? I guess is the question. Well, with Zeke or not, I think he's going to get exposed. I mean, I can't say if he's going to be in the Pro Bowl or not. All right, so where – at the end of 2017, where in the hierarchy of quarterbacks do you see him? Top third, middle third, bottom third? Middle third. Yeah, I'm a middle third. Middle third? A middle third quarterback on a team like that with Zeke Elliott is a playoff team. Without, they miss it. I think the six-game hole they dig themselves – is going to be too much to overcome. Any any observations with that? No, I mean, he's... Are we of one mind here? Are we all borged out? No, he's outside of the top 15 quarterbacks in the league. It's as simple as that. So, I mean, you're absolutely right on. I think we're all of the same mind. I don't think I've ever heard Brandon say anything as nice to me before. <laughs> don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. They're strong, and then there's Army Strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seat. All right, so we're talking about Zeke, and we're trying to, you know, stay objective as a couple of guys sitting down in North Carolina talking about the Dallas Cowboys. We've reset this a million times. Nobody, nobody is as blind, blindly faithful to their team as Cowboy fan. Sure. Is there anybody else out there? So this conversation could not be complete without Cowboy fan. You know, in, in our country, right, you are innocent until proven guilty. Am I wrong? You're absolutely right. Well, in the NFL, you're guilty until proven innocent, right? And this whole Ezekiel Elliott thing, man, is total BS because they're still, they're still pinning him with, you notice they claimed it personal conduct policy, and they didn't say anything about um, uh, domestic violence or whatever it was, but they continue to, to end the little notes that they, that they wrote. I, I read a little thing this weekend where it talked about the violations that he, what caused the suspension. They kept referencing domestic violence, and they had, they had pictures and things like that. Brother, I can go beat the crap out of myself and take pictures and then hang it on someone else, you know? I, and then the police never charged him. The district attorney, no one ever charged the man. 
But yeah, they want to find him. They want to say he's guilty. Man, this is a, to me, this is Roger Goodell's BS. It's an image thing again, trying to look like I'm, I'm holier than now. I'm punishing people. Isn't there a dude in the NFL right now, place for Raiders, got like charged with rape or something? And there's no penalty with the NFL? All I want to know is if Ray Rice had knocked a girl out in an elevator, would Ezekiel Elliott be playing week one? The answer is yes, Zeke would be playing if Ray Rice. Here, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not answering that right. If it weren't seen on video, you wouldn't be having this uproar. But since Ray Rice's was on video, now it's a big thing, big to do, and that's how they hit everything that mentions domestic violence. They go back to Ray Rice. The NFL screwed that up. They didn't even handle it the right way. What did he get, a two-game suspension? I don't remember how many games he got. It was less than six. I can tell you that. And Zeke, man, dude, Zeke's getting a raw deal, brother. He needs to appeal. He needs to go to courts. He needs to get an injunction. He, he needs to do what Tom Brady did. Do you think that it's possible – that the owners have done this by design with personal conduct policy so that they don't have to be the bad guy. You know, if it was left in Jerry Jones' hands and Jerry was like, oh, Lord, Zeke, we're going to have to sit you down for three or four weeks. Zeke's not going to forget that at free agency when it comes. I think the owners did this by design, and for the most part, they're okay with it because Goodell gets to be everybody's villain. They pay him his $35 million a year and they don't have to upset the players and be the bad guy. I, I, okay, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. I think that's a fair point. But what bothers me is there's no standard, man. It's like, okay, you pulled some girl's shirt down. There was a fight in a club that you just happened to be in. Some, some girlfriend, after you got drafted and started making money, said that you beat on her, you know, playing, playing the, uh, the song of the day, if you will. You beat me and stuff, trying to, trying to extort money from the kid. And then all of a sudden it's six games. But you can't prove anything. There's no proof of anything. But you get six games. The personal conduct policy, typically it was two to four games. But all of a sudden now it's six because they're hanging domestic violence stuff on it. Dude, there's no consistency whatsoever. And you may be right with the owner thing. It takes the, it takes the things off the owner. It doesn't put the pressure on them. It makes Goodell the bad guy. And they can sit back and go, man, we support you, Zeke. But in the background they're like, yeah, whatever, dude. Whether Zeke plays football or not is not going to affect my life, okay? Stop lying. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, what bothers me, man, is there's so much inconsistency with the NFL on their their punishment. Roger Goodell one day feels like, okay, I'm going to do this, and there's so much media attention for the past year, dude. They've been doing this thing since, since last July this thing's been dragging on. So over a year, now here it is, six games. I just, dude, I think it's total BS, dude. Do you think it's possible that this is retribution because Goodell's still upset that Ezekiel Elliott wore a half shirt to the draft? <laughs> it might be. I think it might be part of that and him jumping in the kettle during the during the uh, during the Thanksgiving game. <laughs> I don't know, man. A, the, the tube top he wore to the draft, man. I think that by itself should have got a three-game suspension, and Jerry Jones didn't handle that correctly, and this is the NFL's way of getting back at him. That's just yeah, that's maybe, how I see it. Maybe it's a dress code policy that we didn't know existed. <laughs> I also, another thought I had was, this is the NFL's way of posturing for the collective bargaining agreement, too. Like we're going to slap on these hard fines. Now, if you want to negotiate that, we'll give in to that, but we're not going to give in to other things. That's interesting, and you may be right, but I honestly think this is exactly what the owners wanted and that they looked at it and they didn't want to have to be the judge and jury because they're the ones that have to keep these these players happy and for them to have to come down. And the other piece of it, too, 
is you look at it when the Ray Rice thing went down, the Ravens were the ones that initially walked away with the black eye. And I don't think the teams want to have to deal with it. They're in an impossible situation. You know, they're there to win football games and protect their brand, but that's not always necessarily looking out for what's best for the shield. And, you know, protecting the shield is what Goodell's there for. So I think the owners have got what they want for, for better or worse. But this whole thing with Zeke, man, I hope something good comes of it. I hope Zeke takes a step back, gets his life together, and realizes, you know what? I can't be a punk. I can't be a knucklehead all the time. be a knucklehead. Yes. You know, but let's just call it what it is, dude. It's a conspiracy. Because everyone knows the Cowboys are primed to win a Super Bowl. All right? They got it. To, they got all the key, all the pieces in place. They got the new young secondary. They're going to make a nice run for that Super Bowl this year. And what does Goodell do? Shut it down. <laughs> but you know what? I have to remind everyone that uh, Emmett Smith missed three games with a holdout, and they still won a Super Bowl. So we'll see what happens. Are you worried that Dak's going to get exposed, man, and that he's he's not as good as uh, the world thinks he is, or is, is absolutely he not? I think it's going to be the opposite. I think Dak is going to show people that I can do this. I can carry the team on my back. So through six games, first of all, who's the leading rusher at the end of those six games for the Cowboys? Darren McFadden. How many yards How many yards do you think he'll put up in the first six weeks of the season? <sighs> like 450. Okay, so he's not going to come and blow the lid off of it. No, no. I, I think he'll average 75 to 80 yards a game. All right. And what's, and Dallas, the team record, over what's Dallas's record going into their seventh game of the season? I looked at the schedule last week. I honestly think three and three. And you think they can overcome that and uh, still make a run at the Super Bowl? Yeah, because if you look at their schedule, the first half of the, the season is their toughest part of their schedule. The second half, it gets a little bit easier. Um, so I think they catch teams like that. I think they can make a run. Dude, and let's be hey. honest, man. Let's be honest. The NFC East, like, I know they beat up on each other, but, man, look, really? Who, who's going to compete in the NFC East with the Cowboys? Well, it doesn't matter. You, what, what you're telling me is, though, you really feel like Dallas will get to the Super Bowl and lose to Cincinnati. Is that, is that what you're telling me? I am not, not saying that. What I'm saying is they're going to get to the Super Bowl and they're going to win. <laughs> Jay White out of Atlanta, Georgia, who is as big a Cowboy fan as anybody you ever want to meet, and actually is a clear-thinking, intelligent guy unless you get to talking about the Cowboys. And just like everybody else out there in America that follows Jarrah and America's team, you know, he's got to invoke conspiracy. Look. Is he related to Randy White? I think Randy White is his mother's uncle's second cousin Oh, by okay. marriage. He's related to Reggie White. Reggie White is his, yeah. Yeah, Cowboys fans, I'll actually watch them on Facebook, and they actually crack me up. I mean, they're funny. They're, they, they'll be talking trash to the, you know, Giants and Eagles fans when they have, it's week 10, they got four wins, and they're talking trash. Oh, they never they never stop now. And that's, that's the thing about Cowboy fans is people say, you know, Jay Bliss, Last week, talking about, well, Dallas Cowboy fans are front-running fans. No, they're not front-running fans. They're just obnoxious. And they never they, – they have the shortest memories of right. anybody because they 
they think that we've all forgotten. The Cowboys have sucked for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Tony Romo was not a great NFL quarterback, guys. And I have heard, I have sat and listened to people explain to me in great detail why Tony Romo is a better quarterback than Roger Staubach and Troy Aikman. Both of which are bizarre statements to me, but they believe it because they live in the moment. They're very mindful, you know, and if they lose, by God, they're going to get it back next week. Most optimistic group of folks out there. They remind me of the Cubs fans before they won their championship. The thing with Cubs fans, man, is, and you lived in Chicago, so that might be a different breed, but nationally, Cubs fans up until last year, they were kind of adorable. You know, you kick them around, a lot of self-deprecating humor, you know, all the Cubs, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, they talked about their Cubs and they were, you know, always trying to lean forward, but there was this this under, I, I don't know, underneath the surface, they just knew they would find a way to screw it up. Now, when they won, oh, jeez. Well, now, no matter what you say to them, they're like, so what? We have a world champion. Hey, we're still champions until we're not. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's it's horrible. Well, and I'm going to, I'm going to, we're not going to get into baseball today because Brandon's already in a bad mood and I don't want (laughs) to set him over the top. Lee County might not be able to handle that. I'm feeling like Bryce Harper's knee. This oh, so we are going to talk. Hey, good job. Hey, Even if it's only on. making fun of a dude that, you know, <laughs> tore his knee apart. I, you know, oh, what kind of I'm athlete sorry. are you? $13 kind of, million dollars a year about look, to make $400 million look, if you're I'm, healthy? I'm going to tell you I what. I am so sorry you had to play it t- a game at 10 o'clock at night in the rain. <laughs> Yikes. Agree. So uh, what I'm going to say is you talk about conspiracies. I watched his knee hyperextend. I don't know how he didn't tear something. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. You can catch us on Google Play, iTunes Store, SoundCloud, the WBLZ Sports Apps, or right here on WDCC 90.5. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Kiramutu todos. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. 
You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brad Atkinson from the Cheap Seats. Two guys who knew more about sports than all those guys who used to work at ESPN. with a great reputation for bringing the funny and now he has a new title in the funniest person jay bliss i was a fiend before fiend. i became a teen i melted microphones instead of cones and ice cream music orientated so when hip-hop was originated fitted like pieces of puzzles bit complicated third week man i'm here on y'all show man appreciate y'all having me on here man at top of the headlines of the week man the sports world is uh ezekiel elliott gets suspended for six game six games suspension for Ezekiel Elliott. Now, the situation that it happened supposedly happened last year, so if he was gonna get suspended, he really should have been got suspended last year, but it didn't happen. Now there's some different stories going on between what happened and what didn't happen and some people saying that the girl set him up, said she was gonna ruin his career, so the story might be false and there's some pictures that came out with some bruises on her arm and it was three different days in the same week that apparently he went at her and put his hands on her. If she's lying, you messed around with the wrong chick. If you put your hands on her, you a chick. Like, dude, like you cannot put your hands on a female. I don't care what happens. I don't care what the law is. I don't care who told you it was okay. Your mom always told you growing up, keep your hands to yourself. And when it comes to a dude, Never put your hands on a female. Any dude that put his hands on a female is a weak dude. That's the weakest dude that you could possibly be. My whole thing is this. It's more important to be able to walk away. Walking away from a female that's upset with you, that's trying to pull you into an argument, will make her more upset than you putting your hands on. You put your hands on her, she's going to get exactly what she wants out of the deal. You already know you got some money coming your way. You putting your hands on her means she got some money coming her way. And she probably set the whole thing up. And then she's getting you mad, getting up under your skin, probably called you Ewok. You got mad, then you put your hands on her. You cannot put your hands on a female. Now, if this happened, I'm not saying she didn't set you up. She might have set you up. She might have did it. It might be all false. She might have beat herself up. We've seen some crazy movies. Women beat herself up, put bruises on herself, took some pictures and said, yo, he did it. But when the police report come out and they say, let's put his hands on me, I got to go to jail. I might not even know the chick. I might not even have seen the chick. I might not even been with the chick. I still got to go to jail until I post bail and they do the investigation. So you got to be smart enough not to deal with these type of chicks. But if you did put your hands on her, I hope every single linebacker that hits you, hit you dirty and go right for your knees because you don't deserve to play in the league if you put your hands on a female. You are athlete and there's no woman not even an MMA fighter that can deal with a grown man putting his hands on her. So if you did it, you deserve the suspension, and you also deserve to get hurt by somebody that's attacking you, period. That's just how I feel about it. If it didn't happen, word to the wise, stop hanging around these gold-dinging women, right, that's in the same circles. I don't know why athletes and celebrities all date the same women. Like, they all date the same women in the same circles. These women that's rotating between celebrities and athletes, as if you, uh, if you notice, they just all keep circulating. They'd be passing them around like a party joint, just passing the chick around from person to person to person to person. Now, the only chick you really don't need to be messing with is any chick that mess with Usher. Like, if she mess with Usher, you probably should be like, nah, I ain't gonna mess with that chick. But all the other people, 
just find you somebody that ain't in them circles. You know what I'm saying? There's plenty of fine women out there, and you ain't got to find one that's been in the circles because she's in the circles. That means she know the game. She know the game. She know how to get to your money. She know how to get to your money. She know all the ins and outs. And then they got all these little deals. Like if a chick get pregnant, they get like certain million amount of dollars or whatever to keep their mouth shut. Then they got to sign these clauses and all this other nonsense. Listen, I don't envy that type of situation. I ain't blow up yet. I ain't got that kind of money. But even if I did have that kind of money, I'm not dealing with no gold digger chick. And I'm smart enough not deal with a chick that's going to get me mad enough to put my hands on her. Now, I have an ex-wife. If I got an ex-wife, I'd have been in plenty of arguments. I'd have had some things said to me that would make somebody punch through the wall. I have had some things said to me that I have punched through a wall, but I don't put my hands on no female because that's the lowest form of dude that you could possibly be. And Ezekiel Elliott, if you put your hands on a woman, dude, I already don't like Dallas Cowboys, but you would be the worst player in my mind on the face of the earth. Worse than Michael Vick at this point because you put your hands on one. That's why Ray Rice ain't playing in the league. And if you did, you don't deserve to be playing in the league either. That's just my point, man. I'm out. Complicated because I grab the mic and try to say yes, y'all. They try to and say that I'm too small. Cool. Because I don't get upset. I kick a hole in the speaker, pull a plug, then I jet. Jay Minus spitting fire. Brandon, I thought you'd like that outro. Yes. 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 Are you in a better are you in a better mood now? Yes. All right, it's the second half hour, y'all. From the cheap seats, Jay Bliss. Get him at Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, Twitter, all of that. Jay Bliss, his blog is pretty funny, dude. His podcast and V blog, Bliss is ignorant. You gotta check it out. Jay Bliss traveling the country doing his thing. Appreciate your points about Zeke. Kind of fit with what we're doing today. Zeke Elliott. Change your decision-making process as it applies to women. Dude, if you're with a woman who gets you to the point where you got to put your hands on her, you're with the wrong girl. If you're with a girl who gets you upset and then says you put your hands on her, you're with the wrong girl. Mm -hmm. Go to the library. Go to church. Go anywhere. Match.com surely has somebody out there (laughs) that is not going to, you know, Create that kind of drama in your life. I think Jay hit it on the head. I wonder if uh, Zeke caught old girl walking out of his closet with his midriff on, and that's what caused all this. <laughs> that could have been. No, that could have been what's going on, man. I don't want to make light. The, the of the way subject, to make light out of some I'm so, domestic I'm sorry, violence, I, man. But Jay, Jay, listening to him, Mr. Jay Bliss, he's got zero tolerance. No. So if he was commissioner. If he was commissioner, he's saying Zeke would be done for life, right? I, that is what he's saying. And we, he and I, you know, we, we talked for about half an hour, and we talked about it. And we're both looking at it the same way. I told you, I've got four daughters. Put your hands on one of them. You're not going to have to worry about what Roger Goodell does. In this day and age, in our society, I guess the question has become, has social media made this worse or better? My answer to that is, Neither. It's opened some opportunities for people to really have their worst moments shared with the world immediately. But if that means you're going to do less dumb things or fewer dumb things along the way, it's a good thing. It is the day and age that we live in. And I don't know, you know, this young lady that that has alleged Zeke did this, I don't know. Well, I hope he didn't. I I sure hope he didn't. And if he did, I am a firm believer the universe is going to get him back. 
Well, and the only thing, I don't think that's exactly what Jay was trying to say, but the reason Ray Rice is not in the league is because he had almost nothing left in the tank. I'm just speaking in reality I, here. Well, yes and no. I'll, I'll give you that if if there was a team out there at this point that thought that Ray Rice could come help get them to a Super Bowl, Ray Rice would be on somebody's team. The difference in this case is, though, it was caught on tape. Right. Ray Rice, I mean, you can't say you didn't do it. The tape is out there. TMZ had hands on it immediately. And people that fuss about Roger Goodell being the administrator of punishment here need to step back and remember how the Ray Rice situation went down. Mm -hmm. The Ravens felt that self-preservation and keeping that team together was more important than doing the right thing. And they've backtracked, and there's all kinds of alternate stories that have come out but they knew what went down, and they tried to hide it from the world. Well, that's why they slapped Zeke here with six games, because when Ray's situation Bam. happened, it was three games. And Bam. they were like, uh-oh, the tape came out. That's right. Uh-oh. And this absolutely, for those of you who want to say it's an overreaction by the league because of the Ray Rice situation and the Josh Brown situation that came later, absolutely 100%. But, obviously... The punishments that was dole, that were doled out for Ray Rice and guys like that in the past have not been enough to get these guys to keep their hands off women mm-hmm. or extract themselves from situations where it's going to go badly. The 911 call that this girl made said that he had been doing this for five days. What What is that? Mm. I don't so know. obviously it wasn't us hanging out, having fun, having a good old time, all snuggled up for five days. Right. Dude, Zeke Elliott is either not very smart or is – I don't even know what kind of patience that is because if if I was around somebody, man, woman, or otherwise, who was on my nerves and we were arguing for five days, I'd be someplace else. And There's plenty of golf to be played. Exactly. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is not the only time he's been in the news. There's stuff. the other piece that everybody has conveniently forgotten. Right. You're talking about a guy now that has a bar fight allegation. There's the the episode at the Mardi Gras parade where he pulls the girl's top down. Mm-hmm. This guy's not a Boy Scout. Right. And, yes, he's a young guy. He's got a little change in his pocket, but he's got to be more aware. Listen, bar fights, Chris. I, I, I get you, and I feel the I same throw as you that, do. I throw that way out of this. I do, too. Way out of this. I absolutely agree I, with you. But I, when you get caught – that's an issue, and you do have to be aware that this is not night. This is not the mid '80s. Stan Thomas was taken with uh, a first-round pick by the Chicago Bears when I was in high school. Stan Thomas used to tear Austin, Texas, apart on a weekend, an every weekend basis. Right. Everybody knew it, but there wasn't social media, and you know him doing that was just like every other tough guy. In the NFL, they come in there, somebody wants to pull their card, they're going to get beat up. Right. But the cops reacted differently. Social media was different. Now, there are folks out there that get drunk and they look across and they're like, you know what, there's a million camera phones in this doggone bar. Watch this. I'm invincible. It's this day and age that we live in. Accept it, understand it, and operate accordingly. And, you know, you and I can talk about it and say, well, you know what? At this point in my life, if I had that kind of cheese, I'd never be in another bar ever. I'd just own my own. <laughs> you know, but 
it's understandable. These guys want to get out there. They want to, you know, you know, they want to have a good time. They've just got to be smarter. And Zeke, you're paying the price for that. From the cheap seats, you can find us at Cheap Seat Radio all over the internet. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, WDCC 90.5 runs the show every Wednesday. WBLZ's got us on Wednesday mornings. We're about to add a second show, so stay tuned for that. We're having a good time here. We appreciate you hanging out. Now, if you want your voice heard, email me at CheapSeatRadio at gmail.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts, every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit jimmyv.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seat. Welcome back from the Cheap Seats. I'm Chris DeLambert, angry Brandon Atkins. Diamond Dave Kaplan has joined us. And moving on around the table, Professor Trent Nichols, you're still hanging out. And I think about the last thing that could go wrong in here today, that the ceiling just fall in on us. <laughs> no doubt. It's, been, it's some, been a little bit of an adventure. We had some technical issues. So I can see talking, that happening, actually. We've been talking to Tim Copas a lot this morning. Schlepp. By the way, the... This past weekend, we got behind Tim Copas on the road. <laughs> yeah, Homeboy actually did the arm left turn signal. Who he does did. that? When you're as cool as DJ Schlepprock, you ain't got time for turn signals, bro. <laughs> you, did, you didn't think you were like on a stagecoach or something, did you? <laughs> Rocking the little <laughs> the arm went straight out. I was like, look, his little BMW is pretty dope. Not gonna <laughs> lie, but Tim, the next BMW. Got to be like grown-up size. <laughs> You're entirely too big a guy to be in that little itty bitty clown car, man. And make sure but it he has was rocking and he did rock the left arm out. Just make sure the next beamer has turn signals. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know when your turn signals go out on the BMW, dude, that's that's no easy feat. That's not like getting the turn signals fixed on a '78 Bronco. I think that comes pretty much standard, right? <laughs> yeah. In the Bronco or the BMW? The BMW. Yeah, I mean, folks with BMWs are like, eh, turn signals, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he knows how to use it. He just doesn't. He just whips in and out of traffic. 
I, I was thinking he'd be have a top hat on, cigar out yeah. the mouth, signaling with his left hand. I mean, just winking. If we saw his face, but the, we would have got the real a question is: Would he have had a monogrammed shirt mm. like Dave? Oh, Cowan's most rocking. definitely, most definitely. All right. Every time Diamond Dave comes in here, I feel inadequate fashion wise. Right off Dude, the bat, look, he look, comes look, in I, here. I, I, hey, I've been selling Diamond Dave for years. That's the best dressed man in the city. There's no doubt. Uh, I don't think so. No, consistently the best. I agree. There might be somebody sneak in here or there. Agreed. But across the board, consistently, David's easily the best. Oh, Byron down. Buckles is pretty well dressed. Byron, yeah. I take that back. <laughs> Byron Buckles is the best dressed. And he will run over you with his Humvee if you give him any little. I, I think Byron has those suits handmade by, <laughs> I don't know, children in Pakistan. I don't know where they are, but they're they're perfect. Mm-hmm. I, that dude is something else. He doesn't have a monogram shirt, though. Oh, I bet oh, he does. I bet, he does. I bet every one of his shirts is monogrammed. And it, I, I, I guarantee yeah. it. Monogrammed hanky. And, and they're they're monogrammed, and it's holographic. <laughs> the light has to catch it just right, I think, is how, how Byron rolls. Wow. <laughs> Dude, those are some awesome suits he rocks. Am I lying? I'm not lying. No, right. you're not lying. And for it's everybody 100%. else in the other, you know, 8 million counties across America has no idea what we're talking about. Trust me on this one. Trust me. Byron Buckle's suits are to fashion what Ronaldo's abs are to CrossFit. Nice. Yeah. Not, Am I right? Or Bryce Harper's hair oh, is to. That's the question. What's better? Bryce Harper's hair, Ronaldo's abs, Byron Buckle's suits. Ooh, get it on the pole. What if Oof. they all three had a baby together? Oh. oh. Lord have mercy. It spit out David Kaplan. <laughs> 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 so to put a put a bow on this whole Ezekiel Elliott thing, um, nice transition. Better judgment. <laughs> well, well, let, let, let's let's examine this. Let, let's examine this from from the perspective we just set up. So abs, Zeke, good, not quite Ronaldo level. Is that fair to say? Oh yeah, no, no not even close. Hair. Not even in the same ballpark as Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper's next level. Mm-hmm. And fashion, Zeke ought to consult with Byron Buckles on his suit game. There ain't no midriffs in Byron's closet. No, sir. I can promise you that. No, sir. So, <laughs> Zeke, you've got some lessons to learn, man. Look out and, and you know take guidance from people that are better. And if you want to learn to swing a golf club, the swing doctor here, Diamond Dave – Always has great advice for you. <laughs> Particularly for you. Yeah. Uh, man, I can't believe I did that. And his advice is always the same. Well, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks. Diamond I gave you some legitimate tips this weekend. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Of all the tips that came out this weekend, though, whose tip was the best? You don't remember me telling you to go for it on 18 oh, yeah, and try yeah. to turn that the corner? That was a good one. You know, I'm yeah, going to pull out this one. iron and I'm going to lay up. And I told him, dude, that's why you're not going to break par because you're a sissy. And he proceeded to hammer mm-hmm. a that drive a and draw it around the corner onto the green to about eight feet. Two-putted. It was silly. We came on with the birdie and ended up the day minus one. Brandon and I could have played that course 60 times and not gotten one under. We didn't do quite as well. No, no, no. Okay. But uh, we had a good time. The, the highlight, the highlight, because we were playing what skins? Is that what you call it? Right. So every time you get a dot, 
by your name, that's a skin that you've won. And Chris DeLambert gets, I don't know what, what you were sipping on over there, maybe some liquid courage, but he starts talking trash to David Ka- Kaplan, <laughs> and David Kaplan simply looks at him and goes, you want to count up dots? <laughs> what you want to do, count up these dots? Yeah, well, you know. Well, and I appreciate aspirational thinking. Talk. That's what I like to classify that as. I appreciate the tr- trash talk because I played pretty well afterwards. I will you say, sure Dave, did. you and I've played quite a bit of golf together. That's as good through eighteen as I've ever hit, seen you hit the golf yeah. ball. And then I go home and I finish watching the PGA, and I can't help but thinking, Kaplan could beat those guys. Yeah, the way you yeah. were hitting it on Saturday, I would put you. I would put you up against an awful lot of those folks that were out there. Highland Hills, I shot a 71, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That would have been equivalent to like 90 at that's Quell Hollow. That's not that true. That, that's, that's self-deprecation, and we appreciate the, 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 the humbleness. However, I'm watching those guys, and we've had this conversation about Jordan Spieth several mm-hmm. times. Jordan Spieth, what he's done at this age is impressive. But when I watch Jordan Spieth, I don't see him do anything on the golf course that I can't go out and play with you or Ed Snyder or Pete Martinez or those guys and watch you do the same thing. Now, you can't replicate it every single time you hit the ball, but they're not doing anything you don't see a club pro or a good regional player do. And that's why I don't think Spieth or Justin Thomas or or anybody. The one guy that that I would give a caveat in there for is Hideki Matsuyama. That dude can crush a golf ball and can do some things, but he's very erratic and not a great putter. Mm-hmm. So he kind of came back he to work, the field. He works hard on his putting. I don't doubt I mean, it. It's, it's and really and when you watch him strike the golf ball, he's he's on a different level than a lot of those guys out there. Um, what did you think of the PGA? The Wanamaker well, Trophy was awarded this weekend. I guess what you think of the PGA? prior to this weekend, Justin Thomas was best known for being Jordan Spieth's good buddy. I mean, he's had a good career. That's his third win of the year. He he started out hot this year. And he tied for 22nd at the uh, Masters. He was in the final group with uh, Brooks Kepka, And I'm sure that paid some dividends uh, for him on Sunday. Well, I tell you what, he got the yips there on 18. And uh, oh, I yeah. thought he might fall apart. With the three-stroke hey. lead, it was going to be hard for him to come all the way back. But, it, but the nerves got him. But he was able to collect himself. Brooks Kepka probably had the best run during the majors this year. Top 20 in all of them, you know, won the U.S. Open. Justin Thomas would have been right there, but guess what happened to him in Friday's round at the British Open, at the Open? He got drunk and missed his tea time. No. He shot an 80, but the reason is he had a penguin. On a scoreboard. So Chris created a new score in golf. Everybody knows the uh, snowman, which is an eight. (laughs) Unfortunately, all too well. (laughs) Within our group on Saturday, sometimes a snowman's just not bad enough. So penguin, (laughs) penguin's a nine, I think. A a penguin is anything bigger than an eight. (laughs) Okay, all right. So once you get to the penguin, the penguin signifies a couple of things. One, it means you've melted down and you've destroyed the hole. But you also are not allowed to care anymore once you've gotten into penguin status. So, you know, whether it's a 9, 10, 11, 12, whatever it is, it's a penguin. It's, it's a what penguin. It is. 
Yeah. <laughs> Chris so just so aside from the so penguin, Justin Thomas I think Justin Thomas would have taken Kepka in the overall major finish. But you know, I think it's a fitting win. There's a lot of things about this win I love. Um, I like the fact that he really, aside from his uh, shot into 17, which was clutch, seven iron from 220 yards and striped it. And, you know, he was making everything. He really hit the ball poorly on the back nine. I don't know if y'all noticed that. I absolutely did. You know, and I kept no- wondering how long he was going to be able to hang on, but he got every break got in and kind of had everything aligned. Yeah. And it reminded me of some of Jordan Spieth's wins right. here right. in the last couple of years where you're watching him and you're like, how's he how's cobbling he doing this it? together, yeah. man? He's just not hitting the ball well. Right, and, and, and that's contrast, to your point. Yeah, I mean, I don't think either one of them are going to overpower a golf course, hit any amazing shots, but they know how to get the ball in the hole at the appropriate time. And, and that's getting what's the ball in the hole, isn't that the most important thing in the world in all context? It's in the hole. That's all what, right, you're listening Bob to Bobby. From the Cheap Seats on WDCC 90.5 or – on WBLZ Sports Network or Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, or any other number of places you can get it. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. And if you're listening on radio want to hear the rest of the show that's going to be even better than what we've put together so far, follow us on over to iTunes or Google Play. Search for From the Cheap Seats. We'd appreciate a subscription. We will be out at the Fight of the Decade watching it from the cheap seats at Buffalo Wild Wings on August 26th. Want to invite you to come on out. What's it going to take for people to get through the door if they're in Central Carolina? It'll be $30, which is applied to a gift card that you can use as of the next day. All right, and if you tell them you heard it here, you only have to buy a $35 (laughs) gift card. (laughs) See you on the other side. You're listening to Chris Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. I was just a tiny baby. I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Kiramutu todos. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brad Nickinson from the Cheap Seats. Two guys who knew more about sports than all those guys who used to work at ESPN. All right, welcome back from the Cheap Seats. I'm Krista Lambert. 
Brandon Atkins holding it down as always. Not quite as angry as he was to start the uh, start the game. Professor Trent Nichols, Diamond Dave Kaplan still with us. Hey, Chris. What? I've been downgraded from angry to slightly perturbed. Okay. That's good to know. That's good to I'll know. keep you posted. And, and you, you know, in the interest of making sure we get accurate reporting for the Vegas odds makers, I'm glad that you cleared that up. I didn't want to get in trouble with any mafioso. Um, Diamond Dave, I have one question before you start talking about the Wanamaker Trophy some more. Wanamaker. At the end of the round on Sunday, all of the young American golfers came out right. to show their support for Justin Thomas. And it was a cool moment because there's not a whole lot of things that Americans – we kind of lose sight of, you know, great American athletes because there's so many because we're just the best at everything except running. Soccer. I have a question. Shut up, Trent. <laughs> Sorry. Our women are better than anybody else's in America. Our Trent, men need to get true. on the stick. Here's my question for you, though, Dave, is I saw all these guys. They had all this good stuff to say about Justin Thomas. Right. Truly, honestly, though – how many of those guys want to get paired with Justin Thomas during a major tournament? That is the slowest player I've ever seen in my life. And I would I'd either get drunk or fight him by the time we got done with our round. I've never I, seen anybody play that slow. I think if he's going to be towards the last few pairings, that they'll take it because that means they're playing well. Okay. Yeah. But if you got to play with yeah, him on I mean, Thursday it, it and he goes out and shoots an 80 and a couple of penguins in there, you don't want to fool with it, right? No. No. Does he play that slow? Well, no. I mean, because he was the last guy on Justin, Sunday, correct? No, he wasn't. He was no. in the second-to-last oh, okay. group, which okay. means he was holding up Kevin Kisner and the rest of those guys. Who was in Kisner's group? Was He was with Matsuyama. Matsuyama. Okay. Yeah. Here's yeah. And then Justin Thomas Brown. does something you don't see often because I can think back to times during PGA events, you know, on the final day where there was, you know, a huge shot coming up. And one time, you know, Greg Norman walked off to make sure he had great, right. you know, the exact yardage to finish up a U.S. Open. Justin Thomas does that on the regular. So if he's got a bad liar, he's in a bad situation, he will walk all the way to the hole to kind of mentally map the next shot out. And he doesn't play with any quickness aside from that anyway. Brandon and I play more golf together than anybody. Brandon takes like a swing and a half to warm up as a practice stroke, and I get mad at him. <laughs> Justin Thomas would make me punch somebody. Is what do you think? I mean, you're the you're the golf guy. You're yeah. you're the swing doctor. I, there's there's slower players on tour though. Are there really? Yeah, Ben Crane is notorious for being ultra slow. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, they all say, and and you to your point, that was one of the things I wanted to mention is, I really sense a different camaraderie among the younger golfers out there, and U.S. younger golfers, kind of a feel like the Europeans have had for years, and I wonder if that's going to translate into more Ryder Cup victories. I mean, you had Fowler, who genuine, you know, Fowler, Fowler should have won the tournament. Right. Yeah, he had an awful Saturday last few holes, and, and he had a triple bogey on Thursday. So, yeah, he should have won the golf tournament. But and, and he triple genuinely – Triple bogeys. I have a special place for PGA golfers <laughs> who rip off a triple bogey in the championship right. round. I really do. Because I'm like, I could do that. <laughs> and I do often. Yeah. Anyway. But he, he seemed genuinely happy. 
for for Justin Thomas. But and and uh, you know he's probably thinking, hey, it's kind of my time. Look, Ricky Fowler is living the dream. <laughs> yeah, Ricky doesn't have anything to. He's an artist. About. Hey, gotcha. Have, he did, but he take, knows nothing about mortgages. Well. <laughs> <laughs> He, That's a commercial. Look, I'm sorry. He rocks the Pumas. <laughs> yeah, he so, does. You know, yeah. he's my guy. I wish he'd not wear the goofy hats. And he got, rid of, hats. It, it, he got rid of the stash. The stash was rough, man. Yeah. That was a bad look. But Ricky Fowler's always got, you know, the honey on the arm. Right. Doesn't have a care in the world. What is he, 26? Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's a multi, multi-millionaire. Come on, dude. Hey, he seems like a good dude. So is he happy that Justin Thomas won? I don't think Ricky Fowler much cares. I think he wants to win one, though. I'm certain that he does. Well, you know, the difference is on Saturday, Ricky was trying to stick it on 17 and hit it in the pond. And on Sunday, Justin Thomas stuck it. So that, that might be your golf tournament right there between two of them. But I was thinking, you know, CBS kind of frustrated me, not to the level of Fox – Fox, anyway, but CBS kind of frustrated me because there was five guys tied at seven under, and there seemed to be no excitement. Yes. I was like, come on, somebody get into this thing. Well, and we weren't far, even up until about two holes out, of having a, you know, there was a good chance there was going to be a ridiculous playoff. Right. As all these guys were in the clubhouse at at six under, Thomas was was putting himself consistently into positions where, you know, he could walk out of there with a double. Now, when he went up three, it was over. It was yeah, lights out. Yeah. Kevin Kisner is a great story. Oh, I love the dude. I, I love him. I, I'm going to say how much of it on Sunday was a, was a product of him playing not to lose – Right. And how much of it was a little of nerves and maybe a little chokiness going on? What, what's your? I, you know, he hit a couple shots. He he kind of played this draw the whole tournament. Then he starts trying to work some shots in with a fade, and I think it really cost him. And number seven um, is a par five. He tried to take extra club and hit a nice little feathery cut in there for mm. you, Brandon. Mm-hmm. And he lost it in the water, and I think that's where he lost the golf tournament. He still theoretically had a chance to come back, but he birdied that hole every day, and he walks away with a six on Sunday, and I think that hole ended his chances. Yeah, you know, I hear, hear guys say on occasion, well, fairways and greens, fairways and right. greens, fairways and greens, which, you know, indicates that you're going to play it conservative. He talked leading up to the final round in, in a manner that sounded to me as if he was up seven. Right. And just didn't couldn't implode. And going out there shooting even par or even one or two under wasn't going to get it done on Sunday and yeah. ultimately didn't. You say you're frustrated with CBS. I was very frustrated with CBS because up until about number 11, Grayson Murray was in the top 10. Oh, Grayson. And I was in and out of the house, and I had some things that I had to do, but I watched probably over Saturday and Sunday, probably five or six hours worth. I never saw Grayson Murray hit a shot live. Are you talking about official golfer of the show, Grayson Yes, I'm talking about official Yeah. From the cheap seats, PGA golfer. He beat he beat Grayson Jordan Murray. Spieth. He did, but here's here's and I, and I mean this when I say this. Grayson Murray's not a household name. 
The PGA and CBS and Fox, when they do these tournaments, they're pretty tightly wound. PGA is not an organization you want to get on the bad side of. Right. Did the guys in the production room, is anybody in their ear? Do they go in that? I mean, because to me, if I'm one of Grayson Murray's sponsors, and I'm just singling Grayson Murray out because I was watching for him, there were other guys that were in the top ten an awful lot you never saw. Right. If I'm one of their sponsors, I'm mad. Right. They they definitely get stuck on golfers. You know, there was a time where the PGA Tour, that all the broadcasts, they were saying it's just a Tiger show. All we see yeah. is Tiger. Yeah. But He's in the bunker. He's hitting it from the fair. Well, that's true. Can I but, ask? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you, I, I was going to ask question. you a, a question from the casual fan perspective because I play golf, but I don't watch tremendous amount. Uh, you come in first place, it's $1.9 million. Yeah, There's only so. four majors. Why don't these guys make more money if there's only four majors? <laughs> Why don't they uh, make more money? One point yeah. nine million doesn't <laughs> seem like that much money. If you if you place first well, in one of four majors, you should hear Lee Trevino talk about. Uh, they used he used to go to the Open. He won the British Open and lost money. Wow. No. Back no. in the day, I think he got paid like twenty grand. Hotel. But they went over, stayed in a hotel, stayed a few weeks, brought the family. They lost money on the deal, and he won the golf tournament. Did he walk uphill both ways to get to the course <laughs> as well? Yeah, uh, it just stood he, he out to me in a hurricane. But the PGA like tournament, when you're looking in terms of purse size, the PGA Championship's a bad one to look at anyway. I mean, it's, that's not one that's wound so tightly with a sponsor, with, with sponsor right. dollars and all the rest of that. So, yeah, you've got the majors, but throughout the year, you've got all these other tournaments that are out there, right. and none of those guys missing anything. Well, I mean, it used to be a big deal, and I'm not talking that long ago, where they would earn a million dollars in a season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now you win once. You win the John Deere, you get a million Well, I was looking at it from this perspective. I was looking at Ricky Fowler, Fowler where he placed, which is fifth, it, it, outside of the top four, it drops from about 780K to, like, just under 400K. Right. Ricky Fowler doesn't care about that money. No. But if he won first place, you would think it'd be a little bit more than 1.9 from the casual fan's perspective. I think Justin Thomas, who's that's his third win on the year, has about $7 million in earnings this year. Wow. Mike, my daughter was watching the uh, part of the – tournament she had to she kind of got stuck she got trapped where she couldn't get away and (laughs) and was watching a little bit as it wound down and she and my wife were having an aside and my wife asked me how much does a caddy make and I told her well they 10 percent and her question was well what else do they do they do a lot I, I I get it and I started breaking it down but why don't you give a class to casual fans and tell them what a caddy does what you know and how that whole Operation well, works. We I got mean, about a minute left. They're security guard. They map the course. Uh, they always talk about uh, Mikey Jordan's caddy and Bones. They were out there weeks in advance, looking at the course, checking out different local knowledge. So there's a lot of work, and they're away from their families. I mean, you know, they're they're not making the big money to travel or anything like that. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's a tough gig. Ten percent. You better have a good golfer. Because if you got the guy who's struggling, that's not much money. 
I don't know if they get any sponsors. I do want to pose a question before we go. North Carolina has held about six, seven majors and a Ryder Cup. Shout yep. out to Brandon Atkins on that one, 1951. But what states held – I don't know the answer to this. What states held the most majors? Uh, other than you got to take a, uh, a I mean, Georgia yeah. out of the equation. But at California, New York, Pennsylvania, I don't know. And North Carolina's got to be close, got to be up to the top. I don't know, but we'll look it up and you'll find out the answer on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts, every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit jimmyv.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back. Facing a bit of a deficit, guys. They're down 11 points. About 25 minutes to go. We got work to do. Deficit? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. I think we've been all over the place. I don't think we executed a game plan. I don't know. Well, if we're playing playing the Atlanta Falcons, we should be just fine. (laughs) We're good. We're good. So, I, you know, during the break, I was trying to figure out what Dave Kaplan was talking about. How you come in here onto the show and ask a question like that and be like, I don't know. As the golf pro. Oh, man. See, my problem. So if I, I wanted to know, it, go ahead, Trent. Well, I mean, it's like now we're just stuck. That's the yeah. worst tease in the history. And now we look like idiots because we don't I know. know what the answer we're, is. He just we're, dropped a bomb right in the middle of the table. It's like, I'm out of here, guys. So uh, uh, figure it out. So where is Oakland Hills? Is that Michigan? Yes. I, I would think. be that'd be my stab at it. Most See, no, no, no. What he asked was what state And I'm thinking California because of Pebble Beach. I'm thinking Pennsylvania because it's been all over the place out there. Um Florida? I, no. I don't know. It's Pennsylvania, New York, Florida. I don't know, but thanks, Dave. I'm taking his diamond away, man. He's like Zirconia Dave now. <laughs> Got time for that mess. Come here and take a dump right in the middle of the table and like, I'm out of here, guys. I got a meeting. And he didn't talk about Jason Day. I know. And and so here's the thing. Jason Day, I thought, was going to recoup, have a great time, and win the tournament. And then on Saturday at 3.53 p.m., (laughs) 
I got a text, and it says, Jason Day is going to win this thing. And I'm like, damn it, Jason Day is going to lose. And there comes the snowman. My on man. Number 18. The cheap seat curse. I did it, Jason Day. I did it. It was the early call. Uh, I thought Jason Day had all the momentum. I saw Jason Day had been close a million times. It was his to win, Uh, and there came the snowman. The snowman. And it was all over. His scorecard did look like mine, though. On the the last three holes, it was like bogey, double bogey, (laughs) or an eight. And the difference is, you walk in that and like, whew, that that could have been worse. Well, that was a good day. It's the snowman, or as the official golf people call it, the quad bogey. The quad oh, bogey. Excuse I didn't know me. Pinky's up and out. Sorry. Is that the, uh, the official name for that? A quad bogey? See, and that's why I didn't say it, because I had no Four idea. Four over. Man. Quad bogey. Snowman. We just call that messing up. <laughs> Let's we go call that the give me a seven. Yeah, no, I call that at least two or three holes. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, whatever. Yeah, my last three holes at Highland Hills. Brandon Atkins. What's going on, Chris? I want I, – It's hard to transition out of golf when somebody asks you a question like this Pow. and then bounces in his monogram shirt. And I said, the, the you know, the only thing bad left could happen is that the ceiling fell in, and, and Dave's like, no, watch this, and just ruined the whole thing. <laughs> this no, show, we're, we're never going to air this. This is awful. Yeah, we're, he was taking me home after that, and I blew his mind with actual golf trivia. Yeah, the first Ryder Cup ever was played in North Carolina. On number at, two. On number two, Pinehurst, 1951. Look at that. Sam Sneed all up in the house. And, and see, you, like, stumped him. Yeah. And see what he did. Dave Dave Kaplan for the win. Well, can I drop some other stupid trivia that I heard on the way over here oh, this God. morning? I'm all ears, Okay, bro. I'll just spit it out because it is stupid. But Mike and Mike <laughs> – the Mike Greenberg actually mentioned this this morning. Um, the last four majors have been won by players where their first name contains six letters and their last name contains six letters. Wow. Sergio, Ooh. Garcia, Kepka, Spieth, and now Justin Thomas. Wow. Hmm. Now that's astute. Analysis. That's creepy. It, is that is that interesting to you guys or just dumb? <laughs> no. Okay. It's dumb. That's what Golick said. <laughs> That's what you brought to the show today. That's what you brought to the show today is some silliness about numbers of letters and gushing I, about Ronaldo's abs. I, Thanks. I, Thanks, B. See, and I wanted back to Jerry Jones. Mm-hmm. The thing that I find. You want to see Jerry Jones' abs? No, 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 please. Is hilarious is the guy that stood up and applauded Roger Godell last year for the Brady suspension yeah. was Jerry Jones. Well, I it's mean, all karma. What you're looking at is a Game of Thrones. You know, you got Kraft and and Jera. They're they're never going to miss a chance to take a dig at one another. But you know, since Kraft came around, New England's on another plane. Now Jerry's not missing any meals, and he's loving counting his money. But if he can't win another Super Bowl before he dies. He will always have a hole in his soul put there by Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. Because he knows. He knows in his heart of hearts that was Jimmy did all that. Well, And I here we are we 22 just, years later. Should we even have the season? Because they were talking about this morning that the Patriots might go undefeated, undefeated. Well, already. I'm going to tell you what. If – 
Calvin Johnson were to go to New England, then we could just cancel the season. Here's a thought. You might as well. well or just right. wait. They can wait, and everyone else fights to go see who's going to play them in the well, Super Bowl. It wasn't a bunch of idiots talking about it. It was like Ryan Clark, who's got some credibility, played in the lead league. Um, he says if you look at the schedule, they do have a stretch of about five away games where they could get in trouble. Yeah. But they are favored in every single game. But, I mean, that's nothing oh, so new. So far. Man. I mean, I but they mean. point at the Oakland game in Mexico City, yep, which is not really fair to Oakland, and then the Denver game. Denver's not going to beat the Patriots. Come on. And I'm a Bronco fan. And 58 Look. years ago today, the Broncos were established. So happy anniversary. 58 years, 58, huh? 58 mm-hmm. years. Wow. The Orange Crush. What do y'all call it? Orange Nation? Orange Country? Orange, orange Country. Country. That's what yep. it was, wasn't it? Yeehaw, happy birthday, Broncos. I have a plaque at home. Speaking of Broncos, new addition to your family this weekend. Yep. Yeah, Brandon and I went to Goldsboro to pick him up a, a, I was going to say a brand spanking new. It's not brand spanking new. It's uh, It looks nice. It needs a little love. But it's dope, man. I was trying all weekend to make a uh, OJ joke, but it. The color didn't inspire anything. I know OJ I wasn't driving the no. 1978 Bronco though, with original paint. It looked it looked nice. OJ was driving something more that looked more like a tank down the road. <laughs> this thing is pretty sweet. You now, tried it. I love that you just tried to like put distance between you and OJ after you spent years trying to find a Bronco. You find a 78 Bronco, and now you're like. Ah, OJ wasn't really in a Bronco. But it wasn't OJ's anyways. It was that other guy. What's it? Cowell or whatever? Who was driving him? AC. Whatever his name was. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it was Cowell or that something. dude. OJ Simpson. Not a Sanfordian. I saw him. I will distance myself from someone who killed people. Somebody's Is that okay? Allegedly. 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 You know that dude's out of jail now and broke, so you don't want to be on his hit list. That dude will sue you. Nah, he's still out there. He's on every golf course in the in the world looking for the killer. Yes, he is. In the <laughs> world, he just scours over these golf courses looking for the, you know, the actual culprit. Somebody well, somebody's fantasy team is the juice is loose. Well, of course it is. Nice. I mean, and, and I'm going to tell you what, you know, Free OJ Simpson t-shirts, all the rest of that. But here, here's where we're at in America. Here's where we're at. The knucklehead little girl, the how about that girl? Oh, Lord. She's about to get a reality show. Uh, how so about how that? far how away? About how about that? Cash me outside. That's all I got. What a dummy. Right? She's about to get a reality show. So who's the dummy? How far are we from a moral standpoint? How much negative blowback would one of these fringe networks get if they gave OJ a reality show? It's coming. You know it oh, is. Oh, yeah. You know it's coming. And where what, where will your, your feelings be when that happens, Trent? I, I'll guarantee you I will not watch it because I have zero interest in his life or what he has to say. Boom. However, what reality shows do you watch now? Honestly, right now, I don't watch any. Bam! So you have no clout with the networks. Hope. How many reality TV shows do you watch right I now? I take in American Pickers like crack, oh, son. well, yeah. That's a reality I know. show. Is, there is nothing realistic about that with those <laughs> advanced parties going out to go scout, tag stuff, and then these guys to come on. Hey, I'll give you $17 for that. Not well, a nickel less than 22 Not. 
either of those guys are from the South. I'm j- <laughs> so you don't. You they might don't as well be, but it is. Are you offended? I just get under your skin. Yeah, with I want to fight you now. <laughs> oh, now I'm no. angry. I've yeah. been I've been upgraded again from slightly perturbed to angry again because oh, you obviously don't pickers. know what you're talking about. Okay. Every time dude says a piece of Americana, <laughs> I just, I, it, you know. Brandon you you just, get into that special yeah, place, just, and then you start thinking about Ronaldo's abs, and then it's just on and popping. Does it make you want to buy an Indian motorcycle, though, that show? No. No, but it make you want to buy a 78 Bronco. Well, but that show, I don't have any desire to even ride a motorcycle, but I want to buy an Indian motorcycle because of that show. Because of have, that show. I thought you just said you didn't watch any reality TV. I know. I, I didn't consider that, need you though, to be honest I'm on your candid. side. No, right. no, no. I'm on your side. I didn't. No, but when I talk about reality TV, I would I would be talking about like... Um, Big Brother and mm, the Kardashians. Big Brother is the Kardashian. The, what did I get? The 90 Day Fiance. Have you seen that? No. Or my Married wife at is, First Sight. My, have you seen 90 Day Fiance? No. My wife is like on this thing right huh. now. And it's actually kind of interesting. I don't know why. <laughs> so you're going to watch OJ. Um, you are. He will. Ah, man. I don't know, man. Did you watch the three-part special on Casey Anthony trial? No, 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 no. no. Okay. I would watch a public execution of Casey Anthony, though. <laughs> See you on the other side. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brad Nickens. I'm from the cheap seats. Two guys who knew more about sports than all those guys who used to work at ESPN. All right, welcome back, everybody. I'm Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols. We're hanging out. About to put a bow on this thing. Half an hour left. Thanks for hanging out with us. Google Play, iTunes, WBLZ Sports. What more could we do to make this accessible? I guess maybe that's not even the question. Maybe we should figure out what we could do to make it better. How do you make it better? I don't know. Naked women? <laughs> no, there I go being a cad. Uh, I hope my wife's not listening. That's Jeez. the first thing I thought of. Oh. Here goes the cad again. Oh, man. Cad. So I want to talk about Coach K 
This guy at this point. Please retire. He's like a robot, man. He's robo coach. He's had all the back surgeries. He's had all kinds of medical issues. Guy's 70 years old. Is that yep. right? Do I have yep. that right, B? Yep, 70. And now it's been announced that Duke is going to cancel a couple of preseason games so that and trips so that Coach K can have a knee replacement at the age of 70 years old. Now, I'm 45, and there's nothing – there's no such thing at this point in my life as a minor procedure. And if I had my knee replaced, I think it would have to be replaced with, I don't know, a peg leg? Something. I don't know, man. I can, The rehab and all the rest of that stuff, I don't have it in me. My recuperative powers are shot. If I move more than two loads of laundry in a day, <laughs> I'm done. I'm down for the count. So my question would be, what's – What's K got left in the tank? You know, what's going on? This is strategic, obviously, the timing. Right. But I don't know. And and I'm, and I'm almost – I think I'm having a problem here because we talked so much about this this weekend that I'm tired and I'm like, what have we talked about <laughs> on air? What have we talked about? Well, Trent, bail me out. Well, I do have uh, some comments from both of you. About this subject. Well, rather than say them all again, why don't you just tell me what I said? So it goes a little bit like this. Hit it. Coach K is shutting it down for the knee replacement. Uh, I don't think you do full knee replacements in two years. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I want to make sure that was Brandon, right? This, this is Brandon Ackley's structure. <laughs> That was awesome. That was awesome. Maybe, Why do I sound like Gabby from the old westerns? <laughs> maybe this means he's on board with Duke for the next five years. What do you think? And if so, what does that mean for that program? Uh, I think the dude's already 75 and in bad health. <clears throat> five more years is a long time. 70, sorry, 70. Okay, but why the knee surgery now, though? Because the bleep. Hurts. <laughs> no. That's not confident with the replacement for K. They're not confident. In case you don't want to give it up just yet. What's a small school ever replace an icon had success after? K is Duke basketball. The school doesn't have unlimited resources. When he leaves, Duke will never be the same. Look at UK. Look at Georgetown. St. John's Temple. Indiana. Kansas has a powerhouse when Bill Self got there. They'll be fine when he leaves. UNC, Kentucky, UCLA, all big schools with gigantic revenue streams. Duke has a small facility and a small alumni base. The program is very unlikely to thrive when Kay retires. He could have had his knee replacement surgery do you months ago, maybe earlier. Is he getting right on company time? No. He's about to make his last run five more years. He's he's not trying to get better on company time like Shaq Fu. <laughs> I just don't know, man, if he's got five years left. How many major procedures can an old man have before he can just can't do it anymore? 
Thank you, Trent. That was like a bedtime story. That was awesome. My accent changed at least three times. <laughs> so did Chris. I was trying to get his voice right. The shrillness of it. I don't even know if that was fair. It was funny, but I don't know if it was fair. It was. It because went from back in my day to like, shut through, son. I mean, which is it? What do but, I sound like? Well, I sounded like a cartoon sheriff. <laughs> Uh, what what was that, man? I was like the Canadian Mountie. You sounded like the, the villain in almost every episode of Scooby Doo. I like it. I like it. Now you can see. Now you put it in perspective for me, and I'm digging it. I'm I'm down. See, when and you did say this weekend at one point, D- David Montgomery. We know he's not listening to the show because <laughs> he made that 100 percent clear. He's like, nap, nap. I haven't listened to it. Okay, you want to fire it up? And we had it on for five minutes, and he's like, uh, hey, Kaplan, let me see what you're looking at on your phone. I have my heart broken. But David Montgomery became Danger Mouse this weekend. Yep. I don't know if he liked that or not, but Brandon was making fun of me. He said, all your like nicknames and heroes, all it's all cartoons. Well, yeah. If, what better? If you see that look on Chris's face where he's struggling to grasp something, just put it into like some sort of cartoon. <laughs> And he gets it. He's like, oh, you're right about that. You, this, it doesn't matter which one. See, to, Just to roll me, it into a cartoon. Chris is the perfect old miner from a Toy Story. You know, like, <laughs> hey, we got to go save Jesse. Hey. Oh, do I do my elbows like that? Do I flap my elbows like that? I don't, I don't know that I ever do that. I'm going to I'm gonna have to check myself out. All oh. these flagship programs out there with unlimited resources. Uh, uh, let me continue with my student analysis. <laughs> Back in the 80s when I was writing down anorigathems on them Cincinnati Reds, we didn't have these flagship programs. So I guess the lesson here is I'm going to have to be a kinder, gentler me because, you know, yeah, I do drop the astute analysis on you guys, and, and I didn't realize it was hurting your feelings at that level. So I'll try harder. I do agree UNC is a program that would be okay. But remember, when Matt Doherty was there, we won eight games I, one I, year. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I'm yeah, just saying. You, yeah, but you can't look at it in a year-to-year vacuum. And, and the point that I made in there that I will stand by is that the big powerhouse programs in the country have managed to go through different eras of success. And when I'm talking about success, I'm talking about playing for national championships, you know, having a shot at the, at the Final Four fairly regularly. And when you look at that, it's been the big schools, UK, UCLA, UNC, those type programs. When you have a small school who captures lightning in a bottle with the perfect head coach, gets the alumni base rallied, builds that recru- you know that recruiting base – John Thompson at Georgetown is a prime example. Georgetown's an itty-bitty little school. John Thompson, through his entire run there, was money. UConn, during the Jim Calhoun era, money. Yes, they won a, a national championship with his players the year after he retired. Now, where the, what are they doing? But, so, you don't think so? I don't know, because maybe I'm too young, but... What was UNC before Dean Smith? And so you don't agree that Coach K has been kind of the Dean Smith of Duke that can maintain the level of success once Coach K leaves, like North Carolina has pretty much done without Dean Smith? I don't think so, no. 
And and no, was North Carolina basketball North Carolina basketball before Dean Smith? No, I think it's fair to say no. No, I mean it's still really good. But that's the thing, though, is pre Dean Smith, what was college basketball? You know what I mean? It was we're, UCLA. We're really talking about yeah, but I mean we're really talking about college basketball as a major entity in America, probably post late '60s on. Right. So. Before that, you know, you can go up to Kentucky and you get lessons in Adolph Rupp. Yeah. You know, you can – you certainly there's some tradition there with UTEP and some stuff like that. I, I get all that. But as a major sport in America, mid-60s probably on. Is that fair to say? Yes. Okay. So from that point on where you, where you kind of set that as the demarcation for history of college basketball – I'm struggling to come up with a small school who has had extended periods of success at the national level with more than one head coach. And I look at I'm looking at you, Gonzaga. Yeah. You know, at some point that's gonna end. And the next guy that comes in, if Mark Few ever leaves, can he do it? I don't know. I know that when Bill Self leaves Kansas. Kansas will bring in somebody else, and he'll either succeed immediately or be gone, and they'll find the guy eventually, and they'll still be a powerhouse. Same thing with Roy Williams. UNC fans are not sweating, oh, my God, what happens when Roy retires? In fact, some of y'all, even with his championships in pocket, are like, I can't wait to see him get out of there. I don't know anybody like that. Oh, I do. I mean, there, there's people still tell you, well, he's still, you know, he's still Dean Smith's understudy. No, but to your point, when Kay retires – Dukes, not screwed, but they are going to take a massive hit. I agree. Every blue chip player, five star player, K's going to make the difference. That we're on the fence. It depends Duke. on who they hire K, to replace them. I'm not sure it does, Trent. Like, Duke well, you're talking is about Coach K. I, I'm with you. I mean, this is Coach K. This is not you know one of the best coaches He's out the there. Best He's coach this ever the lived. guy. Yeah. I just – and it may. Duke may figure out a way to shock the world. But here's the thing. Yes, Duke has rich alums. You know, a lot of attorneys rolling out there that throw some money at that. But when you talk in terms of budget and facilities, they are miles below most of these big D1 schools. I mean, you're talking about places like the University of Michigan, you know, with 100,000 kids on campus. And you've got all that alumni base and all that money coming back in and facilities that are enormous – what you know, Cameron Indoor seats you, what thirty five hundred people, and that's what I was about to say. When K retires, doesn't Cameron Indoor lose some of that magic? Like it's still Certainly. like a barn, but that's K's house. It is a lot of fun to be in there, though. His name's on the court, but make no mistake, Cameron Indoor is his house. They should probably almost name it. But when he's gone, they're going to be talking about building a new facility. I just they can't continue to be on top like they've been without K and not making some changes. I agree. So why are you so, so – so that, I guess, is what reinforces your point. They're trying to get him well in the offseason and, you know, stretch him out five more years. I don't know how Coach to K's feeling To do a feeling full today. knee replacement, and I hate to use this word, but if he wasn't going to coach more than a couple of – I think if he wasn't going to – if he was only going to coach a year or two, he would kind of limp. Through. I'm not trying to make a joke. I'm just saying that he, he would probably skip on full knee replacement. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. 
As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seat. Crystal Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols. Last segment, guys. If you want to hear more, check us out on iTunes, Google Play Store, depending upon what device you have, whatever. Here's my thing, Trent and Brandon. This afterglow of the UNC championship this year at the Final Four doesn't seem to have extended very long. I would venture to say that Two years ago, UNC fans were crying about the loss to Villanova in the national championship longer and harder than they have puffed their chest out about actually winning a championship this year. I still have not watched that game again. The loss. What, what is that all about? That, so painful. I, I mean, I, I'm here for you. And I just want to tell you as I look lovingly across the, the table at you, Brandon, UNC's the national champs. No, I got it now. Quit fixating on Duke. Forget about Villanova and the you know bucket at the buzzer a year ago. Relax. UNC are the champs. We get it, Tar Heel fans. But I do appreciate you kind of easing off the throttle because UNC fan can be something else. But what and when? When is this investigation going to be over? This has got to be a world record for the longest investigation in history. Well, everyone that I talk to, and I do talk to some people who have actually worked on this. Your sources. My, my sources. We're getting really close now. Like, um, this is the third trip. The allegations have been different every time. Um, essentially, the NCAA got outlawed by North Carolina lawyers. Embarrassed, really. Um, they got their pants pulled down in the public eye. I understand how outsiders look at it. They see all this success, and it seems like there's some double standard for North Carolina. But on the on the inside, as a Carolina fan, the negative recruiting and this thing dragging out, like, what, seven, eight years now? Since, like, Duke won the national championship, right? 
in 2010 because they did one. I'm sorry, I was asleep. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so. (laughs) Oh, I forgot. This is angry, Brandon. I can't nudge him like that. It's you know, I'm talking. I'm not talking about the 2015 championship against who was it, Butler. I'm talking about the one where they used Lance Thomas and shouldn't have because he has been given money for jewelry. I'm talking about that one, 2010. Lance Thomas, one that should be erased. I'm kind of just kidding, but come on, look at that, and then compared to this. But here comes John Feinstein out with these headlines on CBS Sports and everywhere else. The NCAA must hammer UNC for academic fraud. First of all, I've not heard him talk about this in the last three or four years. I'm not saying he hasn't, but it's not been in the headlines, right? Why is he saying this now? Like, what? he's, by the way, John. He's selling books. That's what I was about to say. By the way, he's a Duke grad, Feinstein. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know. Um, he's got a new book coming out. So what's going to grab headlines? It's either about golf or baseball or something like that. Isn't it, con- isn't it convenient that he comes out and talks about this now? This is going to what gets him clicks about right about the time of his book. And by the way, why is his message any different from February 2015? Was he talking about it then? Or did he want to wait till that day till the legend Dean Smith passed away after Dean had let him into his inner circle to walk? Didn't he help him write the book? He let him in and then he waits for him to pass away and he, he's taking these cheap shots at the university and frankly they're just he's just factually incorrect and I was really you know fired up about this but and it makes for bad radio but I'm just going to read a couple of things that he says you know he says athletes were involved in sham classes the NCAA is not alleging that the classes were fraudulent or fake you know this no he says athletes were involved in sham classes Sachs has come out and confirmed these classes were sufficient to merit credit hours. So that's factually incorrect. And he quotes the News and Observer as almost a disclaimer. These are not coming from me. Well, I'm sorry, John. Maybe the News and Observer is wrong because I'm reading actual facts. He says about half uh, of the people, who students who took this program were athletes, raw. They've come out and said it's about 27%, which is not that, you know, not great, but still not half, right? He's selling headlines. You know, you got him coming in and saying the classes, according to the reports, never met and the um, work required was minimal. You know, the Weinstein report explicitly states there's no evidence that any grade was ever given out to a student who did not do the work. <clears throat> and I can go on and on and on. They, you know, there's nothing that's ever happened like this. See Auburn, see Michigan. That's wrong, John. And, you know, he also says the Louisville situation, that the UNC situation is actually worse than that one. Excuse me, last time I checked, easy classes aren't worse than setting up statutory rape. So what are you even talking about? And I'm saying this about a man who I have a lot of respect for. He's uh, a, that's pretty apparent. He's yeah. a genius. That's what hurts my feelings about this. He's a genius. He writes well. I've always agreed with him about everything. And, of course, he is attacking my North Carolina Tar Heels. But, you know, the NCAA has w- read over 100, uh, I'm sorry, 100, 1.5 million emails and can't find any instance of actual fraud. 
get your facts right, John, before you start spitting out headlines like this. So your position is that, yes, UNC had some softball classes Absolutely. that were available for students to take, and a significant number of athletes took advantage of that. Here's what I'll say. The NCAA usually screws it up anyway. Yeah. But the last thing in the world that our colleges need is for the NCAA to come in there and determine what constitutes subject matter and what doesn't. What's a good class and what's not a good class. Right. The NCAA has enough trouble with banning the kid from or having the scholarship taken from the kid from uh, University of Central Florida, the kicker, the YouTube sensation. I threw that out there. I pulled a Diamond Dave Kaplan right there. <laughs> but this kid is is getting paid for putting videos up onto YouTube. The NCAA just stepped in and had his scholarship taken from him because he wouldn't stop doing it. <clears throat> the NCAA gets this wrong all the time. And these cats that are so inept, we don't need them in there legislating what is you know good academic policy and what's not. Now, that said... We shouldn't pretend that the classes that UNC offered, that there wasn't an issue there. But it's been addressed. But that's an in-house thing. Right. So I don't understand why the NCAA feels like they have a case against UNC. And you come at it as an NC State alum, UNC fan. And I'm looking at it from a completely different perspective. You know, I'm the disinterested observer. And I'm like, you know, when you really start to peel it back and what's there, there's no there there. Well, he's talking about taking down banners. You have to have, out of 1.5 million emails, you need to have some proof, John, before you start taking down banners. So what does it do, though? So are they going to say that those athletes were ineligible that took those classes, so they're going to have to take those wins away because they were playing with ineligible athletes? They're basically saying that they're trying to to say these classes were a benefit, but you can't do that because they offered it to all students. So there was no That to me was the most damning part of it is when the actual statistics came out because – in the in the initial reports, it made it sound as this this is a program that was set up for the athletes, yeah, and it was a bogus degree plan. But then to see, and you know, the the athlete enrollment in these classes constituted about a quarter of the student body that was in those programs. That's a completely different animal. Are you trying to tell me that NC State they said hey they didn't tell Dennis Smith Jr. about the underwater basket weaving well, class? Of course they did. My, I mean, come on, man. I mean, my I, I've got a child this year that's taking yoga. And archery as you know, physical credit, physical physical education credits. I, I get it, and I've told you the stories before. I've been on these college campuses. I've dealt with students from all walks of life that had nothing to do with 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 uh, athletics. And different departments have different type things. For musicians, there are there are classes out there that do not exist. Theory of the Beatles, you know, Pink Floyd in in modern music that don't exist. I took I, fencing. I, well, you took fencing. And you know what? You probably would have learned a little bit more had you taken one of these African-American study classes. It, the NCAA doesn't have a leg to stand on. It doesn't seem at this point. What the NCAA did do is they won the press battle on the front side of this. And anybody that looked out there and read this that didn't have an interest in, in UNC athletics – 
looked at him and was like, wow, that looks bad. Well, trying to undo that for the last seven or eight years, UNC hasn't won that battle. And you said, well, they've outlawed the, the NCAA. Well, they haven't won the communications battle. And until they do, everybody in America is going to be looking out the side of their ne- side of their heads at the Tar Heels. Well, just look at the facts. That's all I say. I will say this, not to be a complete homer. We can no longer say we're in the midst of the Carolina way. And that actually hurts to actual alumni and fans. There's, I saw you grimace a little bit when you said There's not a Carolina way until we earn it back. And that has to happen. We have to earn that back. Dude, that... <laughs> Jameis Winston took fencing with crab legs, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us in From the Cheap Seats. I'm Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, Trent Nichols. We love you guys. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. You're listening to Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today.